Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Off Topic Hot Topic, a bonus episode of the Hunting Seasons podcast. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Paul Mitzi. And I'm Liam Gordis. Hello there. Off Topic Hot Topic. Uh, That's whatever you were talking about for you. In case you don't know, Off Topic Hot Topic is where we talk about the headlines of the TV and entertainment world and discuss the stuff we've been watching, reading, playing and generally consuming. You should also know that we love getting topic suggestions from our listeners, so if you'd like to contribute a question, topic or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at huntingscast. Before we get to headlines... Uh, Paul, Liam, thank you very much for coming on to this very impromptu off-topic hot topic at the last minute. Damascus and I were meant to be recording our uh, review episode of Russian Doll Season 2 today. She's unfortunately unwell, so that's been postponed. So in the meantime, thank you boys for coming on. How are you both? How are you, Paul? We'll start there. Yeah, doing well, uh, apart from the fact that it's freezing cold in Adelaide now. But, it's um, freezing cold in Melbourne too, let me tell you. Can't complain otherwise. Good, good. Liam, how are you doing? I'm holding back the, the urge to cough. I'm good. I'm good now. I, uh, I, I spent the last week in isolation because I had COVID. But besides had... that, I'm great. I'm you're fantastic. One the, you're one of the cool people now. You've had COVID. Yeah, uh, you the cool people have. Stop wondering why you haven't had COVID, which is why I keep wondering all the time. Uh, all right, let's get straight into it. Some headlines, starting with announcements. Uh, in our last off-topic hot topic, after finally getting around to reporting on the release date for Disney Plus series Obi-Wan Kenobi, it was almost immediately pushed back two days to Friday, May the 27th. We were so late to report the news, it was almost instantly obsolete. Um, all This is interesting news because all Disney Plus originals have released on a Wednesday since Loki started uh, airing their episodes on Wednesdays. The first two episodes are going to be released on this date of May 27th. That's only a few weeks away now, guys. Are you guys looking forward to Obi-Wan Kenobi? There is a reason for this, right? Like, is they want to directly compete with Stranger Things Season 4. Is that what they're doing? It's a good idea. It's, I'm pretty sure they both come out on the same day. It's all they've moved it away from coming oh, out on the same day. Well, I'm pretty sure Netflix stuff comes out on Friday, so it sounds like they want to directly compete. Yeah. They might want a comparison on numbers and see where yeah. that goes that day. That'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, I'll be watching both. Yeah, I, I have to say that I'll probably watch Stranger Things before I watch Obi-Wan, to be honest. Nah. No. <laughs> no, no, I won't because because there's only two episodes of Obi-Wan where Stranger Things, they'll get like eight episodes or something. You actually get half a season with Stranger Things when it starts on May 27th or whatever date it starts because um, I haven't got that here to confirm. It uh, Yeah, they're releasing half a season and then like three or four weeks later they're releasing the other half a season, which is interesting um, because... I've been saying for a while that Netflix should start to do the week-by-week model like Disney Plus do and HBO, obviously, and a bunch of other uh, streaming services now. Um, And this is sort of a half-step in that direction. I think we already talked about this last month, didn't we, Paul? Yeah, and I think like now since we talked, (laughs) there was the whole like shitstorm about Netflix losing all their money. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't get ahead of the news, Paul. (laughs) It's coming up. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, um, they might try some new stuff. I, I feel anything, they both- anything they can. Sorry, yeah. I just did look it up. They are both coming out on the Friday. On the Friday. Oh, that's yeah. that. That is fascinating. That's what, how they've chosen to do it to directly compete. I'm fascinated to see who wins that, like almost that night or at least that first week. Yeah, doing that. that'll be in, interesting. In who, like, yeah, free to air television now with ratings and stuff. And like, who dominates conversation online? Obi Wan. Well, it depends how good the quality episodes are. That's the thing. I reckon either way. If it's Either shit, way, people will be talking about it. If it's great, people will be talking about it. But do you think that Boba Fett has kind of killed things a bit? Because I know so many people didn't even fucking bother with that or started watching it and didn't continue. Like, it's it really has killed the momentum of the franchise, I feel. Boba I don't think so. Fett, Boba Fett is not Obi-Wan. It's not Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think if Boba Fett came out before The Mandalorian and before we saw what Boba Fett was like in The Mandalorian, then people would have been hyped about Boba Fett. But because we knew what we were sort of expecting when Boba Fett came out, the hype was sort of lower. Whereas Obi-Wan, we're like, we're chomping at the bit this year. Are you McGregor? I think think. the, The Mandalorian and the people's still big fans of The Mandalorian is helping us to not be too phased by Boba Fett being super average. Especially when the best episodes of Boba Fett were The Mandalorian. Correct. But you had to get through right to the end, which a lot of people didn't even fucking bother with. Or you just did what I suggest to a lot of people, and that was just watch those two episodes and ignore every other part of Boba Fett. I mean, I literally said that to Broad before he watched it. I'm like, don't even watch. I'll tell you what happens. (laughs) No, I think think the problem with your scenario, if we watched Boba Fett before The Mandalorian, the Boba Fett might have killed The Mandalorian before The Mandalorian came out. I'm I'm Mm. not talking about... Um, oh, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah, the man, yeah, the Boba Fett would Boba have destroyed Fett show our, came first. Yeah, yeah, we no one would have been wanting anything to, for a while. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. The Mandalorian, yeah. and similar to the Disney Plus stuff, the Marvel stuff on Disney Plus, I think WandaVision being the first Marvel show has been a massive blessing for them because it was so original and different. Mm. Um, it was funny, Liam and I went to see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness last night because Australia gets movies two days before the US these days. It's kind of strange. When mm-hmm. We used to have to wait two weeks to a month for things to come out that were already out in the States. But anyway, um, and going to sleep, I was starting to wonder whether I'm finally getting some Marvel fatigue. Mm. That that I, I really enjoy a lot of their stuff, but I just wish... This is not a spoiler for the Multiverse of Madness. I kind of wish it went... um, It followed through with some of its ideas a little bit better. Everything tends to end up the same sort of vague place at the end of each thing. It sets Mm. up a new idea, but it doesn't really completely land on the idea that was the central point of this new thing. I'm thinking of... You're right, because there's always more... Because there's always more. Yeah. Um, like, geez, I'd really like for some, like... That was what was amazing about Endgame, I think. It felt like it was f- some finality, finally. And while this mm-hmm. new stuff is exciting, every everything seems to be se- setting up the next thing all the time now. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there's so much of it, it's constantly doing that. And there's no... There's a real lack of payoff so often. Yeah. <laughs> it, for, for the interesting ideas that they often have, I wish they just sort of ended somewhere I, I i need more i need them to follow through with those ideas rather than go this is an interesting concept 
what does this mean for this character? And they never really get to a point of saying that's what that meant for that character. It just sort of... Like, the best example for me, I think, is the um, the snap. Every new thing now has, like, the blip. It's like, the blip is the reason this happened. It's mm. fucked up society because people no longer have their homes and they their, their partners have moved on and married new people. But it never really, like, follows through with that in any sort of emotional, resonant way. And I wish they would stop just referencing the blip and start actually, like, telling a story about the blip. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I mean, I when you it's interesting when you say fatigue because I went out of my way... Not out of my way. I decided after Endgame... Anything that came after this, if it was crap, I wasn't going to care because yeah. we got those first 23 films or whatever and I loved them so much and that just felt like a great ending to that. So from that point onwards, anything that came afterwards, I wasn't as emotionally invested with as I was up until the point of Endgame where they were able to finish something. So I don't think I'm getting fatigued by it anymore because I'm not thinking it has to live up to these expectations of what that was. Um, but that at the same time, I do watch a video a day of someone breaking down the newest trailer in this one thing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I will, yeah. But is that what it's become? It's become a vehicle of, like, speculation and, like, it's, like, fueling this online um, uh, fandom, like, well, it's the, interpretation. It's, the, like, it's, like it just, it's a machine of, like, advertising more than it and marketing more than it's necessarily see, i think it's for me i don't see i don't i'm not t- yes the the trailers are a big part of that and they are ultimately marketing right but for me it's like it's that water cooler conversation that we used to have with things like game of thrones sure where we could talk about it and discuss it and everyone in my office would sit down around and would talk about what happened and where this is going a new trailer comes out for a marvel thing we're all watching it together and we're all talking about what's in this on the screen and stuff and so for me, it's become more of that sort of thing because there's nothing like that at the moment in the world, especially in television. You know what I mean? We don't have that landmark television at the moment. So these things like the Marvel and Disney and, and those sorts of things have become that for me. Paul, any thoughts? You uh, have been, you've just let Liam and I rant for about 10 minutes there. <laughs> uh, I, I mean... I think going to what we were originally talking about, which is Star Wars, I think mm. it has a, it does have a lot of the same problems uh, that what you're saying with the Marvel stuff is that they're so uh, intent on making everything a prequel and have uh, have everything center around characters we already know that there's no satisfying payoffs to anything it's like mm-hmm. we already mm-hmm. know where all these stories are going they can't go anywhere interesting they can't go anywhere unexpected it's just going through the motions and i can definitely see that with the with the marvel stuff and i think especially the fact that this whole multiverse uh, angle that the yeah. marvel universe is going in inherently takes away stakes mm-hmm. um so yeah like i still have a lot of fun and i'll watch all this stuff but yeah, they, they definitely felt like the original phase of Ma- the Marvel phases felt like they had more weight and they had more consequence to them than what they but do now. There was also more, more risk. Yeah, they're more grounded. Yeah. There's also more risk, I think. And I think, unfortunately, the thing that the Marvel stuff seems to do at the moment is like, rather than a something I've watched recently that's Marvel, I won't say which thing, as to keep it vague. For the first time, I was like, oh. This new character is not that exciting because they're actually just a palette swap of a character that we're very familiar with, basically. You know, like, a, yeah. a, 
a skin change in like a, a fighting character. It's like this is the kin to the Ryu. It's like it's basically the same character we've already seen. I was like, wow, I kind of like this character, but also they can't bring anything new to the table because they are so like an existing character. Is rather disappointing. Maybe go, oh my goodness, are we going to run out of like new things? And because that's what Marvel keeps doing is they just introduce either something that you already know. From maybe, in, like, for instance, the Spider-Man stuff, we see the other Spider-Man or whatever. Or they're running out of characters that have any weight. <laughs> and, like, there's, like, they'll introduce characters and go, who the fuck is that and why should I care? <laughs> sure. Okay. But I, uh, alternate to that, what you just said there. Remember when Guardians came out and we were like, who the fuck are these people I, I and had why do we care? some familiarity with Guardians, though. Like, we're getting into, we're now starting to get into, like, the... C, D tier of C and D characters like their expanded cast lists. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah, I understand that. Whereas the I Guardians, agree. I know exactly the what you're talking about. Had a, Guardians had a comic book run. They had a title. As someone who was even vaguely aware of the Marvel stuff, I knew of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew of Rocket Raccoon in particular. Um, but yeah, they started like, I'm, I, if we're going to use a recent example, the Eternals end credit <laughs> sequence. It's like... Who the fuck are these two people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why should I care about them? Well, and it was more it... about the casting than the characters. Themselves. It was about the casting, and that's even a thing that's happening now. It's like, don't forget, don't worry about the character is. You'll get to that eventually. But like, but because that person is someone you know, you better scream in the cinema. It's like, and that, that's, now that's Marvel knows as well. They can literally get anybody they want. Anybody. Yeah. They'll be going. Oh, this person's not in a Marvel film. Let's put that person <laughs> in a Marvel film. Anybody. Yeah, I was watching. Um, no I was watching the uh, <laughs> the Met Gala interviews the other night, and uh, they, they all were interview- just people who have done Marvel stuff because it's like <laughs> well, who hasn't? they were interviewing that rapper Bad Bunny, and they're like, "Oh, so you know how are you preparing for your new Marvel movie?" I'm like, "When did this happen? I didn't even see this casting news." <laughs> <laughs> who was that? Who is Bad Bunny? They should just apparently ask he's a everybody. new Marvel superhero. <laughs> they should just ask that of everybody on the red carpet and just see who like yeah. goes says something. It's like, yeah, I can't wait to be in that blade. Wait, wait, wait. How do you know about that? It's like we didn't, but we asked the question and it paid off. <laughs> Thanks for the scoop, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Throw something at the wall, see what sticks. Some of, someone will slip up, and you'll find out Someone. something you didn't know. Yeah, uh, not, not long after that, will they be fired from being in the Marvel? So. <laughs> <laughs> they can is, afford to just get rid of them, digitally replace them. I'm really glad we're living up to the title of this bonus podcast. By the way, off topic, hot topic is way <laughs> off topic already. Um, other announcement news: Paramount Plus have announced that just about the entire core cast of Star Trek: The Next Generation will join Patrick Stewart in Picard's third and final season, including Lavar Burton, Gates McFadden, Michael Dorn. Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sirtis, and Brent Spinner. I think that's right. Spiner. Spiner. I was like, no, I look at that and I was like, there's not enough ends. Brent Spiner. Um, Will Wheaton's Wesley Crusher was notably not announced to be returning. Uh, any excitement around this? Anyone watched Picard? I think no, I watched the first episode no. of season one. And I've really enjoyed watching Red Letter Media um, tear <laughs> them apart. Uh, Mike on that is a particularly big Star Trek fan. And it's they're in agony watching this show, and it's very very fun to watch them talk about how <laughs> shit this show is. And they might be over exaggerating, but someone who doesn't give a shit, it's like it's yeah. very enjoyable. Um, yeah, I never yes. watched Picard. I, I I I am a fan of the other Star Trek series though, Discovery and Lower Decks. I watch, but there's, there's a new about- sh- 
show coming out, isn't there? Yeah, mm-hmm. Strange new Worlds. Worlds. Strange Worlds. Strange mm-hmm. New Worlds. That's what and it apparently it's supposed to be excellent from the early mm-hmm. buzz. Yeah, it's a prequel to uh, the original Star Trek. Mm, correct. With Pike and his cute crew, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hearing, I've seen the same buzz, but I saw the same buzz for Picard season one. And I, well, I watched the Picard season one was not good. Um, so I take think- it with a pinch of salt, but if they, if they are returning to a more episodic classic Star Trek sort of thing, I think that's sorely needed. And hopefully it can um, sort of fill the cups of people who are missing what, the original Star Trek and Star Trek The Next Generation sort of did. If it can mm. approach that, that'd be good. Do you think there is some nostalgia blindness, in especially with like early buzz of like Picard and stuff? I'm not a Star Trek fan. I don't think I've watched more than a handful of episodes of any series. So if I saw that something was not all that great, I'd be like, this is shit. But if I had that nostalgia, there's a part of me watching like a Star Wars film that because I have the nostalgia, tries to force some sort of like onto it. <laughs> and then, you know, Rise of Skywalker happens and I'm like, okay, no, I, I can't. I'm, I'm cured. It's a miracle from <laughs> 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 my blindness. But like, um, you think that's something that would be happening? Yeah, for sure. absolutely. Um, for some for something. I don't also want to pretend that I know enough about Star Trek to say it's outrightly bad. Like I said, exactly. I, what I watched the Star Trek because I didn't love, what I, I didn't like, what I've seen of... Discovery was good enough, but not didn't blow my mind. Um, and I, I, well, I've enjoyed watching other people rip them apart. But I'm not going to pretend that they they should be the arbiter the arbiters of like what is good Star Trek and what isn't. Um, but if I get a vibe off them, it's that they were wanting they would love something that feels more Star Trek to them. That's more in line with the original series and Next Generation, and maybe Strange New Worlds will do that. Um, as a fan, so you're not a fan of Next Generation, then, Paul? Necessarily, you weren't. Did not uh, watch show. I watched it like episode, like uh, like Liam. I'd watch okay. it if it was on, but I can't say I've watched it from beginning to end. I think the the older Star Trek, the one I watched the most of, was Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, just because Which is the of, same as Damask, apparently. I think she watched. Yeah, most of that. I think it came. At, it was like right at the right time. It might have been on like before Buffy or something like that, and you just sure. ended up watching it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so not particular excitement about the next the and TNG. That's what they're called. Um, cast returning for Picard season three. Okay. Spoilers <laughs> for Better Call Saul. Maybe stop listening for thirty seconds if you don't want spoilers for that. Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul will reprise their iconic roles of Walter White and Jesse Pinkman in the show's final season, which has started airing. Um, that's pretty cool. I haven't watched anybody call Saul yet. I look forward to watching because I hear it's fantastic. I sort of look forward to uh, when they're going to pop up whenever they do in this latest season. Uh, Seth MacFarlane is set to star in, write, direct, and co-showrun Peacock a Peacock Ted. Prequel series. Ted prequel series for Peacock. Uh, The synopsis reads, It's 1993 and Ted the Bear's moment of fame has passed, leaving him living with his best friend, 16-year-old John Bennett, who lives in a working-class Boston home with his parents and cousin. Ted may not be the best influence on John, but when it comes right down to it, Ted's willing to go out on a limb to help his friend and his family. Are we fans of Ted at all? Are we looking forward to this Ted prequel series? I'm a Ted super fan. uh, (laughs) (laughs) No. Not in the slightest. I I, I did. I, I can't say I didn't watch both movies in the cinema because I did. 
Um, but I don't remember enjoying the second one at all. Back when we used to go to the cinemas for the hell of it. Yeah. Like yeah. when cinemas were a yeah. place where you just, oh, let's just go see a movie. Yeah. Now it's a... <laughs> Ted 2, that to sounds like a great too. idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not going I mean, to a movie unless you think you're going to enjoy it, right? <laughs> These days. Yeah. I really don't see this being any good, but... Maybe it'll be amazing. Substance. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It also doesn't sound like Marky Mark's going to be in it since the prequel. So, yeah. Well, I mean, have you heard? He's retired from any film that isn't faith based. He will only do faith based media from the for the rest of his career. He has announced. Well, that is a blessing to all of us. Wonderful. (laughs) I believe. Uh, I mean, yeah. I have faith in the Transformers. Not to be outdone by Picard, Better Call Saul, and Ted, the entire core cast minus Danny Madison reprised their 70s show characters in the upcoming Netflix series That 90s Show. Uh, so Those same characters from That 70s Show? Are going to be reprising to the actors, the core cast, including, um, I can't, Toby, uh, what's his name? Topher Grace's parents, Kitty and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set around Donna and Topher Grace's character. I can't remember his name. They're Eric, Eric, Donna, and Eric's kids. And so Kitty and the other guys now the grand will be playing the grandparents of those kids. And all of the main cast have signed up to at least show up in that '90s show in some regards. So Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis. Um, I do enjoy Grace. Them, like both both Topher Grace and Donna. <laughs> I don't know her name. Um, they both left the show to go do things and make a career out of it. Now they're and now back. they're doing nothing. <laughs> so they're coming back to re- replay those characters. Laura Prepon is who you mean. Is, Laura uh, Prepon, Donna? yes. Yes. Um, for, yeah, she was also in Orange is New Black. Correct. Um, yeah, but like they both left because they wanted to make careers. Topher Grace made Spider-Man 3 and then came back. Um, <laughs> he also did the... Special cut of the prequels for the Star Wars prequels. Thank you very much. That you can find somewhere online potentially. He he made them. He, he I don't them. think I don't think the version that's actually online, but apparently he he, he did a machete cut. He did the, a machete. The Phantom edit, they're called. The Phantom edit. That's right. And I don't think it's actually available online. I think he show, has only shown it privately. But people have tried to sort of recreate that ever since. Yes. Oh wow. That was a but he is thing. also in a show at the moment as well on. NBC but if you can't remember it, is he really? If you don't and know what he, it's called. He did that episode of um, Black Mirror that was quite good, where he played like a tech millionaire. I don't remember that episode. I haven't watched cool. any Black Mirror. Cut all ah, this out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, in not announcements, but reports from online from uh, different uh, organizations, not officially announced, but confidently reported by Deadline, it looks like Viola Davis may be starring in an Amanda Waller spin off of James Gunn hit Peacemaker. Because everybody that watched Suicide Squad and Peacemaker could agree she was the best character. She was the best character. Wants to see more of her. Absolutely, must Uh, flesh out. As as long as uh, what's I don't know the actress's name, the daughter. uh, Danielle Brooks, yeah. Danielle Brooks. Oh yeah, you would imagine. I could watch. I could watch that. You would imagine that's quite possible. It would be nice if they did that would be interesting. because yeah. they should build on what they did in Peacemaker for sure with that because it wasn't quite there, I don't think. I can see that being interesting, but I just don't understand that in a world of superheroes where neither of them are superheroes. Um, well, Amanda Waller DC is just starts just with like, superheroes. starts making family, family dramas. 
It could work. Why it can't not? be worse than some of the other stuff they've done. Uh, it's also been reported um, that HBO's Watchmen writer Crystal Henry will write and executive produce the series, which, based on the quality of Watchmen, is a tick in its favour. Mm. If this does come to pass, Variety reporting that Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus are developing a new Jackass series. This is, of course, follows the recent release and success of the fourth Jackass film, Jackass Forever. Uh, While very few details are known, it has been reported that the original creators are, quote-unquote, involved. Who knows what that means? I haven't seen the latest Jackass, but they... uh, I heard that they... They all died at the end, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I don't know how they're not already dead, but... um, they are pretty sure they were initiating new Jackass members throughout the film. Right. So I'm guessing they will be the series. And then, uh, like, they'll, I, I, I could see them being more so of you're like, saying, they're the Taskmasters and they're giving these young Jackass kids what, things to do. So you, what you're saying is this this was the Force Awakens of Jackass films. Yeah, this was yeah. the <laughs> legacy sequel where the old cast, you know, initiate the new younger yeah. cast to, uh, to bring this to a new generation. Wonderful. Good to yeah. know. <laughs> Fucking hell. What an age we live in. Um, <laughs> Netflix's stock price has nosedived. Its value dropping by $50 billion after report- reporting a loss of 200,000 subscribers in quarter one of 2022, which is a big deal because they were reporting, they were projecting growth. Um, it's been expected, sorry, it has, it does expect to lose even more during Q2. Uh, it blames people no longer staying at home with the pandemic, basically. So because everyone's going out and living their lives again, they've lost subscribers because of that. The company is now being sued by investors for making misleading statements and failing to disclose this drop in advance. Uh, And Netflix plans to improve subscriber numbers by cracking down on password sharing, reducing uh, editorial position at its To Dumb fan site. By the way, have any of you guys been to the To Dumb fan site? Because I went for the first time this week. Uh, Sounds To Dumb. Tadam, sorry, yes. Yeah, no, sounds to dumb. It <laughs> and in our first cancellation news has gone on a murder spree in recent weeks, cancelling Lock and Key, which will end with its third season, Steve Carell vehicle Space Force after season two, and decimating its animation studio, including cancelling works in progress, Dino Daycare, Boons and Curses, and Bones, the third attempt to adapt Jeffrey Smith's beloved comic series. Side note, the Wall Street Journal has reported that Netflix is spending $30 million per episode on Stranger Things season four, which is twice as much as HBO paid per episode for the final Game of Thrones season. <laughs> so, there was a lot of information I just dumped on you there, but there was sort of a flow that I want to go through. How do we feel about, not necessarily the cancellations, I don't think any of us are necessarily missing anything that was there, stuff that hasn't come out, unless you guys are big fans of Bones or anything like that. But the this loss of subscribers that Netflix has um, suffered and this loss in value and its plans to try to correct course by cracking down on password sharing. How do we feel about this? Liam, your hand is up. It sounds like they've dug their own grave. (laughs) It's every single thing you just said is their own fault. Like the, yeah, they, they lied to their investors clearly about projections or what, what have you. Mm -hmm. Their solution is to blame it on us Mm -hmm. for wanting to share their service with each other where we all decided, remember that time with like, you can't get Netflix in Australia, but as soon as you could, everyone got it in Australia because we were happy to pay for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally true. It was also, it was also the only streaming service in town at the time. 
Exactly. They they created Stranger Things. They made stars out of these kids. And now they're all doing stuff, so they have to pay them an exorbitant amount of money because it's their own fault. That's what they're spending the money on is the cast because their cast is like 14 well-known names now. In this, They keep adding more and more characters every year. Um, I think, yeah, just they've got to figure out, deal with it themselves. You know what I mean? They, they, I would, if, if Netflix crumbled after they started this whole streaming thing, I think it would be ironic and I'd love it. I don't know what it is, but that, <laughs> I, where does it all go? Yeah. I, I don't think it would be a positive for anyone if they, if they crumbled because, you know, they do make a lot of content that would disappear or be scattered around. They employ an, like a lot of people around the world and they actually do make a lot of good content. But I think the problem is- Oscar winning content even. Yeah. I think the problem is that they make too much content. Yeah. So the good stuff gets lost. It's the point where amazing things come out and the Netflix main page, you wouldn't even know they came out unless you went searching for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And because of that- They also cancel shit. At a whim, mm. like the amount of shows that get cancelled at season two, or fucking, I am still filthy about Glow being cancelled after they announced uh-huh. it's going to get a fourth and final season. Like uh-huh. super dirty on that. Uh-huh. They, yeah, they just don't seem to. I know there's no creative soul. I know they create good content, but there, as you said, Paul, there is so much trash around that so the good stuff gets lost this mm-hmm. algorithm that they've been using to make content that's meant to hit you know certain demographics or or you know be as popular as it should be is not working anymore mm-hmm. and maybe it was for a while but now they've got competition with so many other streaming platforms disney plus amazon stand in australia hbo max not to mention paramount plus and peacock and all this fucking shit it's like they aren't the only uh, only game in town anymore and they need to get a lot smarter about how they're investing their money. Maybe not making piece of shit movies like what was the the Red Room, whatever that fucking thing was called. Red Notice. With Red Notice, yeah, with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. But that movie Gilgada. was huge. That was like one it, of the most watched things based of last on, year. Based on their own metrics, does anyone talk about it though? Mm. Is it is it capturing the zeitgeist? Because they, they can do, they, they can say that as much as they want. Like so one of the one of the metrics they use to say whether someone watched it is often whether they started it, not whether they finished it, but how many people just start an episode. And sometimes, if you're on the main page, those fucking shows start on their own. So really, did anyone get invested in it? Did that actually count as someone in like uh, being engaged in their content? Because there's I don't think a, that's true. There's literally a button where you you say random and it starts the first episode <laughs> exactly. of a season for you. They exactly. do it themselves. Yeah. Um, but they still do have Zeitgeist shows. Like um Bridgerton is like for that demographic, that show is fucking huge. And sure. when that season dropped, it took over the internet. There's a show sex I'm gonna education. talk about sex education, the show that I'm gonna be talking about and what and what I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Another example, it dropped, the entire internet's talking about it, it's capturing a lot of like uh, minds and attention so they have that ability and they still their service still is the most widely used streaming service even though they're dropping subscribers they're still number one so at the moment but but 
if they're starting to drop subscribers, then that becomes a problem, especially mm. with the way they spend money and something has to give at some stage. Hopefully for their sake and for all our sakes as people who like their good content, it allows yeah. them to focus and not learn the wrong lessons such as cracking down on password sharing, which will just annoy the shit out of people and thinking that they need to keep shoveling money into things like, is it cake and crap like that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the shovelware that that gets put onto that platform as well. And like maybe the- just actually get some people who can direct them into better creative projects rather than let's just try and hit every demographic at once and hopefully something takes off. Yes. But I can't if, believe I'm going to say... Uh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, I just can't believe I'm going to say this, but like they need to look at something like Apple TV Plus, where this is where we go next. Quality, every show that comes out of that, not all of them is for me, but like I, th- I reckon maybe seventy five percent of the shows on there are something I'm interested in and I've watched, and they're just quality television. Mm-hmm. They're not making the Princess Switch eighteen. You know what I mean? <laughs> and. Which that, but that being said, if they come for the Princess Switch franchise <laughs> and stop making that, I will fucking go. I will cancel my subscription. And if anyone goes near too hot to handle, they're going to have someone to answer to. Look, look, if the Circle gets cancelled, I'm with you. All right. Yeah. Spice, <laughs> the Spice Girls are coming to the Circle season four, apparently. Mm. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, they tease the, the Spice Girls coming to the All five before. of them are going to be. Only, I don't. I think two. it's two. I think it's two of them. I, I would. I would just watch that on television, like just just that room. <laughs> <laughs> just put the five of them in the room for, for two weeks. I'm there. That would be amazing. Um, well, that's my next question. I guess is we. There are so many streaming services. I think I'm currently subscribed to five. That being said, it's five that I am sharing with other people. So in terms of like, I'm really paying for one point two five realistically and that makes it a lot easier to keep netflix around but right now if you said to me broad you need to get rid of one of your streaming services either amazon uh netflix disney plus stan or apple tv plus what would it be i'm dropping stan netflix would be very high on my list Stan does tend to get some pretty cool things, though, like Hacks, which is restarting this season. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazon probably is is right on the cusp because yeah. it it does release some great stuff like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But it's too in... Uh... <laughs> what was that? Sorry. You know what? I changed my answer. Amazon's gone back. <laughs> what was that? I missed what you said. Upload. Upload. <laughs> Upload. Right. Good point. Upload. Yeah. Uh, Amazon definitely top of the list. <laughs> uh, also, their their system, their UI is fucking terrible. It is terrible. Here's the, the- here's the reason I actually wouldn't drop Amazon though, because Amazon also comes with Amazon Prime and Amazon Music and mm-hmm. I and Apple Music, and I can use a Twitch subscription as well with it, so I can mm. support a, a Twitch streamer with it. So in terms of the money I pay, because I'm like eight dollars or nine dollars mm-hmm. a month or something like that, the value there is so good that I wouldn't. Netflix has gone up to $23 a month or something like that for the Ultra HD version, which I'm not going to watch a fucking normal HD version. What am I? Come on, guys. Of course, I'm going to watch it in 4K. Um, so, I'm only going to ever pay that version. And that's the most expensive one out there, I think, except for maybe maybe Apple TV Plus. Is, no, I think that's less expensive. No, Apple TV Plus is only $8.99. There you go. So, Netflix really becomes like from a value proposition point of view... Maybe I drop it and just start coming back when enough stuff builds up. Stranger Things Season 4, the whole thing's out finally. I drop it for that month and I check out a few other things and I leave it until six months later when I come back for another mm-hmm. big thing. You know what I mean? I think 
I'm really getting close. I've been a Netflix subscriber since day fucking one it arrived yeah. in Australia. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm at with this now. Apple TV Plus, I can't believe how good the quality of the stuff on that service is. Like I completely agree. Everything I've watched on there has at least been good, if not great, if not fantastic, and makes me want to not just keep it in case the next fantastic show comes out, but go back through its catalog of the things I haven't watched yet because yeah. I should. Because they keep making... They have curated stuff made by great creatives and you can bet that you're at least going to get a decent, if not interesting product and not bland trash, if that makes sense. Yeah, if not just beautiful to look at. Every single at one of ve- those at shows the very is, least. at the very least, so well shot and art-directed Regardless of the quality of writing, yeah, it's a, a, like a, a, Acapulco is just like a workplace sitcom, and it looks better than most prestige dramas. And yeah, there you go. Yeah, totally. Um, good conversation. I was interested in what you guys thought about that. In cancellation news, further cancellation news, because we already talked about the Netflix stuff. The CW has cancelled DC's Legends of Tomorrow after its seventh season. And Damascus' favourite show, Batwoman, after three <laughs> seasons. Um, I've, I've heard really good things about DC's Legends of, Legends of Tomorrow. I've never watched a single second of it, but I've heard it's pretty good. Um, so I think that's going to make some people very sad. I don't think anyone gives a shit about Batwoman. What Meanwhile, are people going to do like if they want to watch superhero content? Like if they're taking away know. these things. Where could you possibly go? It's such a niche genre that no one's doing anything with. Well, Me- there is a big group of people who hate Marvel that will still, you know, DC fanboys who will shit on Marvel for the then rest of their you life. you go to HBO Max and watch their superhero stuff on there. You go to Netflix and watch their super stuff on there. Uh, mm, where do you Amazon. find the boys here? Is that Amazon? Amazon? Amazon. Yeah, there you go. And Invincible is on there as well. Like, he doesn't mean just Marvel. He means <laughs> everyone's doing this shit, dude. That's uh, a fair point. Yeah. Meanwhile, Peacock has just today cancelled the reboot series of Saved by the Bell after two seasons. Paul, tell I'm me how you feel. fucking devastated. Um, and I per- hold everyone personally responsible for this because <laughs> the amount of people that I've been like, this show is amazing, this show is so much better than you think it is, and they won't give it a fucking chance. And obviously, no one gave it a fucking chance, and now it's been cancelled. So oh, now fuck it's over. Or it couldn't even get past season two. Oh, there's no point starting it, basically. Yeah, it well, I would highly recommend fucking watching it, even though it's gone now, because the first two seasons are excellent. If you're a person that loves like all the Tina Fey sitcoms, all that kind of stuff, it's it's in that wheelhouse. It's got the same creatives. It's got the same cast members in it. It's very funny. It's better than it has any right to be as a Saved by the Bell reboot. You have to watch the show, but... I don't know. I know no one is going to fucking watch it. Obviously, none of Look, you are going to watch it. It's been fucking cancelled. Fuck Paul, all of you. Paul, you have a problem of reputation at this point. That's yeah. <laughs> Damask backs me up on this. That's if that's true, any consolation. consolation. Look, I, 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 I believe problem. that it's possible only for the fact that 21 Jump Street had no right of being any good true. and it was amazing. And then 22 mm. Jump Street was also great. So mm. I will... Where do I watch it? Stan. Uh, okay, that's the one I'll do to get rid of. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Um, just because you mentioned Tina Fey, by the way, are you looking forward to the return of Girls 5 Ever or whatever that show is called? That's- See, that's what annoys me is that show has done so much better than Saved by the Bell and I don't think it's anywhere near as good. 
but I did watch the first season and I will watch the next one, but it's it's pretty fucking average. My my final question, and possibly the last time I'll think about this show at all, did season two of Saved by the Bell end on like a cliffhanger or anything like that? Like, was it in a, a place where it's like, oh, I can't wait to see season three, how this resolves, or...? Uh... I think there were some things hanging, but it wasn't like, you know, everybody's literally hanging off a cliff and they die. I'm I'm unsure if Tina Fey is still the powerhouse name that no. we think she is. No, Kimmy Schmidt, not great. Uh, I liked it. Especially the last Season few seasons. Okay. Yeah, the last, like, it didn't end well. 30 Rock going back, not as funny as I remember it. Yeah. You trying to watch Thirty Rock for the first time I was like, oh, this show, these episodes don't end. They don't have mm. resolutions. Yeah, these no are kind of this doesn't have a story. This is Girls just five ever. Another example of not great. Uh, I mean, yeah, Mean Girls was really good, really good movie. <laughs> um, when was that? <laughs> good question. Uh, and just to get through the rest of our news and release date news, Gene Smart starring an Emmy Award winning comedy series Hacks, which we've already mentioned, is set to debut its second season on HBO Max on May, se- on May 12th, sorry, um, which is just a week away. That is on Stan in Australia for those who are watching. Looking forward to that in a big way. And renewal news. Hulu have renewed Amy Schumer and Michael Cera comedy series Life and Beth for a season two. I haven't watched... I've watched... Bits and pieces of it because my partner Steph is watching it and she's quite enjoying it at this stage. I don't know if you guys watched that at all. I've heard great about things, it. but I haven't started it yet. Cool. Literally didn't know about it until yesterday when Steph told me to watch it. So. <laughs> and Apple TV Plus sci-fi series Severance is getting a second season. Fuck yes. But talk about cliffhangers. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. What a show. I just finished that this morning and oh, oh. so fucking good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Paul, what have you been watching? All right. Uh, so first thing I want to mention is the new Netflix series, Heartstopper. Have either of you guys heard of this? I've heard of it, mostly saw because it, the I internet think... won't stop talking about it. Yeah, I think it's like a trailer I saw a little bit of. I've seen the yeah. first episode as well. Okay. And what did you think of the first episode? Uh, I thought it was fine. I thought, honestly, I was like, did they just get the uh, the production designer from um, Sex Education on this? Because this feels very <laughs> Sex Education. Yeah. So, 
It is in the fact of like the demographic of the main characters. And but... the fact that it's set in a weird, like it kind of looks like it could be from a lot of different times. The color palette's the same. The music sort of says the same. The way it's shot <laughs> edited is very similar. Like if yeah. we take all those things into account, it could be sex education. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, don't think, I don't think the time period thing is quite right. I, I think watching the whole series, it definitely sure. doesn't feel like, oh, this could be the 80s. This is like... Definitely set in present day, mm-hmm. um, but this is a show that definitely hits different depending on who's watching it. And as somebody that you know is gay and grew up in a very different landscape, this show just feels so special because I could just imagine how this would have hit me if I was a kid watching this show today and like my uh 14 year old niece and 10 year old nephew have read all the graphic novels this is based on Mm. and watch the show and love it and like it my school wouldn't have even allowed us to read that graphic novel and like it this show is made for a child audience now uh it would have probably been rated ma just because it had boys kissing back in my day so like uh the fact that such a like a really wholesome show that's made for a family audience is explicitly about a two boys falling in love and one of the main characters discovering his bisexuality and another main character trying to fit in as um the new trans girl at her old girl's school and these are just like Things that are there so accessible. It's just a really special show and I'm just so glad it exists. And the entire internet, I think, is on the same page. Like, Mm -hmm. the emotional reaction this show has been getting has been, like, amazing. Um, And it's just, yeah, it's a really wholesome, sweet, well-made show. Um, Olivia Coleman's in it as well and she yeah, has some really I did, good I, I, work I in it. Saw her, yeah. yeah, when she was the driving the, one of the main characters and it was obviously his mum, I was like, oh shit, I should pay attention to this. Olivia Coleman's in this. She doesn't yeah. make anything bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a special show and I'm glad it exists and I just wanted to put it out there. Like anyone who may have maybe been put off by it because it's about younger characters, um, yeah. like give it a give it a go. Because, um, yeah, it is what, really beautiful. What era is it set? Is it set like now? Present day, yeah. Present day? Cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I looked it, it up. It, no one worked on sex education and this. <laughs> <laughs> That's, see, that, that, the problem is that makes me even more skeptical in the sense that Netflix has forced them to adopt something that looks like sex education because Netflix thinks that's what's going to be successful. That's not to take away from the quality of the show or any of the things you're talking about. It just Paul. sounds like Netflix. It's just that problem is that sounds like <laughs> Netflix is like, but it's yeah. going to look like this because, and well, that might not be true. They, yeah, because they got the woman that wrote the graphic novel. Um, she's uh, heavily involved in the show. She, mm-hmm. um, actually had a lot to do she was apparently on set the entire time made all the creative decisions and they do this kind of um visual uh kind of thing motif through the show like uh when characters are falling in love with each other or having like a a physical connection with each other like animated things come out of the screen that kind of mirror the look of the graphic novel 
Um, so I, I think I think that was probably the bigger influence on the visuals of the show. So not something I brought up in um, the TV news because it isn't TV news, but just reminded me of something because um, I sent it your way as soon as I found out. Last time you're on Off Topic Hot Topic, Paul, we were talking about they're, they're apparently going to be making an animated version of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and you said you had read Brian Lee O'Malley's um, graphic novel series or graphic novel Seconds. Seconds. Yeah. Um, which Blake Lively is now set to direct an adaptation of with um, Edgar Wright as one of the screenwriters, um, mm. which, because you're such a big fan of that, are you excited about this film? Yeah, for sure. Like I, th- I think like when I read it, I was like, "This would make an amazing film." So I'm so glad that it's getting one. Uh, it's interesting because like reading the graphic novel, there's a lot of opportunity for visual flourishes. So um, okay, cool. Be interested to see what she does. So cool. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I also wanted to ask you with Heartstoppers, just because you're me- or Heartstopper, Heartstoppers, yeah, Heartstopper. Thank you, Heartstopper. Um, just the way you were talking about that and sort of what's so what's so cool about the sort of story it's telling. We reviewed um, Our Flag Means Death recently. Mm-hmm. Have you watched season one of Our Flag Means Death? And what do you I think? I did. I loved it. And uh, for similar reasons as well, I I, th- I thought the love story in that was very unexpected, but mm. the way it was handled was really well done. Uh, I... I have to say, like you guys sounded like you were a bit cooler on the show to begin with, and then grew to love it by the end of the season. Whereas yeah. I, I really liked it from the from word go, and I thought it was quite funny. So, sure, um, I, I think it's a good show to watch with friends. I watched it with friends, and there was it, it a lot was of always laughing an, out loud. It was always an easy watch. Like Steph and mm. I were kind of watching a couple of episodes a night with like dinner and stuff like that, and it was a very easy show to watch. It mm. just wasn't necessarily like laugh out loud funny, or it wasn't. Yeah, we said in our review, if, you, if people want to go back and listen to that. It, it, but it, as it went on, it sort of got to the meat and potatoes of what the show was. Then it completely took hold of us, which is, yeah. that's fine. Like, a show can take a little bit of time to warm up. It was never bad. Yeah. Um, um, go for so, it. So, around the same time they released Heartstopper, uh, Netflix also released season five of their Spanish drama Elite, which is pretty much the opposite tact when handling uh, <laughs> queer storytelling because right. this show has pretty much descended into just being gay porn at this po- at this point. Um, I'm not complaining, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is like the most over-the-top, scandalous version. It's like if you put Gossip Girl and just turned it up to like a thousand... Um, with everybody naked and fucking each other all the time, taking a whole bunch of drugs and living these ridiculous lives. Um, it's very fun to watch. The centerpiece storyline of this season was a love, not triangle, I guess, a square a between between a so involved in this square is a brother and a sister and a father and a son. Um, so the. This is porn. This is available on RedTube, right? Yeah, that's the Pornhub front page. So there's a guy and he's sleeping both with a brother and a sister separately, but then the brother starts sleeping with his dad and him separately, and it just becomes this giant mess. 
and it's glorious to watch. Um, so, it reminds and- me of that documentary that was on Netflix a couple of years ago where that guy was sleeping with the mum and the dad and yes. also kidnapped the daughter. <laughs> that was yes. fucking crazy. Yeah. So, if you want to see that, but like acted out with incredibly sexy Spanish people, um, <laughs> <laughs> Elite Season 5. Is definitely uh, something to watch. And Paul um, is proof that there are definitely people out there who do want to watch exactly that. And that's good. <laughs> that's a good um, thing. So, probably the show with the second most amount of butts uh, that I've seen in the last month after Elite is uh, the new Halo series <laughs> on I was looking Paramount at Plus. <laughs> I was looking at what's coming up in your list and I was like, he can't be referencing Halo when he says that. <laughs> Go on. Have either of you guys watched this? I've watched the first three episodes, actually. No, yeah. I haven't watched it. Yeah, and I only mention this because it has made a bit of conversation on the internet that mm. there's almost more butts than action sequences in this show. <laughs> like wow. for a Halo TV series, I've watched the first seven episodes and there's maybe two major action sequences in this mm-hmm. show. Um, and most of it is just dialogue. Um, that, it, it's also fair to say the action, the uh, the real action scene that I've seen, which is in episode one, mm-hmm. wasn't all that great. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's better there's less uh, action scenes in this show. It doesn't need yeah. to be an action. So in show. episode six, there's a, an, a genuinely good action sequence, but I okay. can definitely see what you meant about episode one. The choice, the choice to go, oh man, to do the Doom movie first person shooter yeah. shit they did in that first action sequence. I was like, I know what you're doing. I've played Halo. Don't fucking do this. It looks terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Did they, they made a choice right to take Master Chief's helmet off. He barely early. wears his fucking helmet. Yeah, he after he takes it off. After he takes his helmet Fuck. off, he, he stops putting it back on. No, honestly, I don't have a problem with that. And I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest Halo fan. But, like, the Mandalorian is pulling off a magic trick with keeping um, Mando with his helmet on most of the time. And having this fucking bucket head somehow form a, a touching relationship with a puppet. Like that—that's some magic going on there, but I don't think that's really what the Halo series should be. Well, but the Halo, but it's always been about how Master Chief is this larger-than-life superhero-esque type of yeah, you, character. You, he is also you, you take, almost you, silent you and you stash. play as him. You, yeah, no, he's a great actor. Pablo yeah, but, but like, you, his you take his yeah. take off his helmet and he's just this person. Yeah, unless unless the show is about. People coming to terms like, oh, this guy is just another dude. Well, uh, well, I would say from what I've seen, a big part of it is like, and again, I've only played so much Halo, um, but the the way the reason Master Chief works is the vast majority of the time you are Master Chief. It doesn't matter what his face looks like. You're inside yeah. his fucking helmet, and really, it's Cortana that does most of the talking. It's not that Master Chief doesn't say things, but they are usually brief and to the point. That's his character. Mm -hmm. That's great, but that works in a video game when you're playing him, so you get to be him. In a TV show, if you want to center it around this guy, you kind of need to make Master Chief a little more robust than that. And in the three episodes I've seen, I didn't outright love it. I haven't been like chomping at the bit to watch more of it, but I I wasn't having a bad time either. I think where they're going yeah. is pretty good. And I had a lot of criticisms about what Cortana looked like in the trailer. My first impression was like, oh, why'd we do this? But once in episode three, once Cortana and Chief meet, I was like, ah, oh, 
this is the show I really want. And if they do this right, this actually could be great, especially because they got, um, what's the actress's name that plays Cortana? But she's she's Cortana. Um, Jen something or other. I'll look her up. The And she's, I think she's great as Cortana because she's always been great as Cortana. Sorry, Paul, go on. Yeah, I, I think the show is about Master Chief discovering his humanity because- yeah. When we're introduced to him, he has this chip in his spine that suppresses all his emotions and personalities. And then a couple of episodes in, he removes it, and then he starts actually experiencing emotions. He has uh, a um, interaction with a artifact from the Covenant that then opens up all his past memories, and then he mm-hmm. starts to realize what was done to him as a child and starts to reckon with that. I think it's an, it's actually an interesting arc for him, um, and like as someone that played the game casually, I I more yeah. played it in death matches than in like story mode. Like I haven't had a problem with that aspect of it. Um, um, Jen Taylor is the name of the actress that plays Cortana, both in the show and in the games. The I can understand why people who are fans of the game do have a very specific impression of, of Master Chief and one that's been informed by their playing through those stories as well as Chief are having a hard time with this Chief they're getting. But I also don't think it would be a very good show if they just did, especially if you want to centre it around Chief. Like, people were upset they expanded to include other human characters at all. <laughs> and I think that was kind of important to expand the world, to make this a living, breathing TV show that isn't us just watching someone play through a bunch of Halo action scenes. Like, it it needed to be different. And while you might not like it, I think it's the only way the TV show could ever be a success. Actually, a storytelling success, it had to, it had to expand those things, I think. Um, yeah. But I also understand why there's pushback. I think... I am enjoying the series overall. I think mm-hmm. it's got a, a, a bit of the Witcher problem where sure. you kind of are invested in the main story, but then it cuts away to these side plots that always drag the show down. So there's this character, Kwan, uh, a Korean uh, teenager that he um, rescues in the first episode. It was going she- very Mandalorian at the first the end of the episode. I was yeah. like, have we just cut the from the Mandalorian template. Yeah. They they divert from that pretty quickly though. Yeah, so then she quickly becomes part of a different storyline that's completely disconnected and every time we're there we're like why are we watching this? She's not in like endearing in any way, she's not interesting in any way and it just drags the show down. Then there's a lot of like political ma- machinations going on just like The Witcher where we like I don't care about this. We don't need to see this. Um, so I feel like there's a streamlined version of this that could be much better in season two, but if Witcher season two has showed us anything, it probably won't happen. You mean like if they, Steven Spielberg just produced that movie he was always talking about making, so making into a TV show, it could have been streamlined and more focused and yeah. I, Mm -hmm. do you like the Hawley stuff? Cause Hawley was one of the more interesting characters from the games. Hawley, sorry. Hawley was one of the more interesting characters from the games from memory. I, yeah, I haven't mind her, but they've surrounded her with a lot of other annoying, boring, badly acted characters. Sure, sure. um, But some of the stuff, like mainly the stuff between her, Cortana, and Master Chief, is the good stuff. Has been has been good. 
which is not which has always been the good stuff in the games from my perspective from what I've played as well. So it's not a surprise that they like that that stuff's good. And it's a shame that the extended stuff is not great. What else have you been watching, Paul? Uh, I just want to do a quick shout out for Made for Love Season 2, which uh, has just returned on uh, Stan in Australia, HBO Max in America. Um, first two episodes just dropped and I watched them today. Have either of you guys seen Season 1 of Made for Love? I think I've watched about half of Season 1. Actually, no. in the, almost the same time I watched Halo, three episodes of Halo Season <laughs> 1, interesting enough, yes. Um, so, have you stopped because you didn't like it? Or No, I stopped um... because I was watching it. Okay, here's the explanation. I went to Perth to visit Damask. She was working the first day. <laughs> so, I stayed at home because I was feeling quite ill. I got very bad food poisoning on the way over. So, I sat in her house and watched three episodes of Halo. And then when they came home, I was too sick to go anywhere. So, we watched... A bunch of Made for Love season one. <laughs> That's um, the answer. What did you think of what you had watched? I thought it was all right. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. It um, it's got a great premise. Um, I don't mind. I don't love it that it's like comedy sensitive, um, styling or sensibilities necessarily. But I didn't hate it. Um, I think its idea is maybe more is better than the execution at times. Um, yeah, but I wasn't having a bad time with it because I was. Watching it today, and I was actually thinking, maybe this is the show that Brod and Damask wanted out of Upload. Actually, that was what I was going to say. It is much better at doing what Upload thinks it's doing. Yes. I didn't think that watching it. Even in the first episode, because they do a lot of what Upload do- does, which is like coming up with fake tech corporations and including like technology in everyday ways that doesn't exist yet. And like... And I thought their like lampooning or critiquing or incorporations of that sort of stuff into its comedy was much better, mostly because it didn't go out of its way to explain why that thing should be funny. It just yeah. did it. It was familiar enough that we understood what it was lampooning without having to go, huh, that's just like a phone, but actually it's in your hand. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just much more sophisticated <laughs> at doing that stuff. And yeah. I did think of Upload watching this show. You're right. Yeah, and I especially thought of it because season two introduces kind of a digital afterlife component. Cool. Um, so it's directly competing with uploads ideas now. So, um, so if if you <laughs> like you do it better, if you like the sound of upload and you're put off by Brian and Damas' opinion of it, maybe no, no, give- if you if you tried upload and were put off by upload, maybe give <laughs> made for love. Maybe give Made for oh, Love a go. Okay, I'll watch Made for Love. <laughs> uh, it, it is. I, I really enjoy Made for Love, and I think people should give it a go. So, cool. Yeah, that's on Stan in Australia. Uh, yes, and HBO Max America. Cool. Um, Anything else? So finally, I want to do a shout out for a movie I saw at the cinema, uh, which was the new Robert Eggers movie, The Northman. Have either mm. of you guys checked this out yet? Not no. yet. Not yet. I was a big fan of The Witch. I haven't seen The Lighthouse yet, actually. Um, mm. And I've heard, I think we had a discussion um, after one of our movie club um, meetings recently. And it's that awkward position where some people are saying it's fantastic and some people are like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know who to believe. I I have had a lot of people outright fucking hate it that I've spoken mm, to. That too. And then I've had a lot of people love it. Personally, so far, this is my favorite film I've seen this year. Um, I just I just think it's so audacious and balls to the wall, and it doesn't pull any punches. So 
I would recommend if you want to watch something different, um, but also it has a lot of mainstream appeal at the same time, uh, give Northman a go, especially if you, it is a film worth going to the cinemas to see because visually it is stunning. So, Bet- Between this and another film we're going to talk about a little bit later and um, what's the the Nicolas Cage one that's just come out? Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Of massive Talent. There just does seem to be a very interesting selection of like B or... Let me put it this way. Not indie, but studio films that aren't Marvel films or aren't existing properties that are out mm-hmm. right now. And if you're looking for so original... films. Pardon? So films. Films, right. Yeah. The selection of <laughs> films yeah. and original films out right now that do seem to be really worth your time going to the cinemas for, um, which is refreshing because it feels like, especially coming to the summer of two Marvel movies and Top Gun and Jurassic World 3 or whatever it is, um, that it can sometimes feel like the only films that are out are those massive tentpole films. And these three movies are not just obviously interesting films. They are getting a lot of praise. I think um, there's a lot there for film lovers to go out and see at the moment, which is, yeah, it's uh, encouraging at the very least. Mm. Hopefully it lasts. Hopefully. Well, hopefully people go and see these films and they gain some traction and other studios go, oh, we should make that original movie idea that person came up with because maybe we'll, you know, we can make a $30 million film and make $100 million off it and that's a better bet than trying to spend the fucking farm on a film that, like Morbius, that tanks. Do you know what I mean? Just because it's based off a quote-unquote recognisable name even though nobody gives a shit about Morbius anyway. Or Jared Leto. Uh, Or Jared Leto. Liam, what have you been watching? Uh, so I've had COVID for the last week. So I've watched a lot of television. Uh, some of it good, some of it I enjoyed unexpectedly. Um, so obviously not just this last week, but Moon Knight uh, mm-hmm. is is a big, big one for me. Like we've been talking a lot about Marvel tonight. Uh, but Moon Knight is a pretty unknown character that I – that they delve deep into and this is a one of the, again one of those things where i have been helped up with the zeitgeist behind it all and watching a lot of like breakdowns of trailers and then breakdowns of what that episode was and where where it was and if anyone is ever interested in that i recommend new rock stars on marvel eric voss is i feel like he's just me but american and a lot more enthusiastic uh, <laughs> than i am and a lot more knowledgeable um when it comes to marvel stuff but <clears throat> moon knight i have absolutely loved moon knight and the last episode came out yesterday yesterday was, yeah. was that yesterday we saw yeah, it was, that was yesterday, Strange yesterday. Yeah. wow it feels like a week ago um and i overall i really enjoyed that that whole series um bro i know you've watched it yeah we watched the finale together i uh, and you may do a, a review yeah i'm, I'm going to keep things relatively vague in case a i cut this out of the episode because damas says we're going to uh, review Moon Knight soon, or B, um, we just do get around to doing it. The I liked it for the most part. I think Oscar Isaac is really great in it. I think it's a very interesting premise. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different for the most part from other Marvel Disney Plus shows. Um, Ethan Hawke is incredible. Ethan Hawke is good in it too. That being said... I think that a lot of these shows, particularly the ones that are centered around straight up action 
superheroes. And I'm thinking of Falcon the Winter Soldier. I'm thinking of um, Hawkeye. And I'm thinking of Moon Knight. Kind of have this like saggy middle that I almost just wish... I wish they just made a movie. I wish they just made a movie sure. of this instead because I don't think there was enough there there for a t- six-episode television show. I, th- I think that in comparison to those other two, the action in this was far better than the action in Falcon and Winter Soldier, for sure. The last episode's action was better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier's finale. I think overall... I think episode they, three stuff was not good. I the, think they did a lot of really good, interesting stuff with... Because if you, I don't know how much you... I don't want really to give away too much about Moon Knight, but going back and forth and not seeing things and seeing things actually happening. Sure. Uh, I thought it was really interesting how they used that that premise of blacking out and waking oh, up and it, seeing it, things. Uh, like That's where episode one is in some ways the best episode of the season because they are really playing with the premise. Okay, I'm going to spoil the most basic thing you should know about Moon Knight and that he is a... that um, Stephen, our main character blacks out and doesn't remember he so he performs action when he is blacked out basically he wakes up and things have happened around him he doesn't know yeah. why exactly. um that's the premise of the show that's in the trailers there is explanations for what's going on as the show goes on it won't necessarily surprise you when you figure out what it is but they play with that the best in episode one and then they have to move on to do other things which are which are good I didn't dislike it um I I guess my takeaway is I kind of where they finish the season is interesting because if they never go back to this character, I'll be like, okay, I guess you did. You, It's compelling and complete enough, but also completely leaves the door open to do more if they decide to in some way. Well, also, that was, I, think- I, I haven't seen this movie. Uh, sorry, I haven't seen this show and I haven't seen Doctor Strange yet. This is the question I wanted to ask. Uh, mm-hmm. Do they link in any way? No. None. Okay. In fact, there is literally only fact, one small link yeah. from Moon Knight to any of the MCU. Moon Knight is the most restrained of any Marvel anything I've seen in a while. In Besides the of- fact of like you see buses which say stuff about the company that's helping people with the blip and stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't even mention the blimp, the blip in this show. I think the uh-huh. blip does get mentioned at one stage, but the it's very it's really not um, it's, yeah, it's it's very self-contained in that regard. Yeah, you could and remove you it entirely and you wouldn't miss anything. Yeah, you could you could watch this like you watch a Sony Sony Marvel show and like Spider Man, where it doesn't really connect. It feels like they've deliberately like just put it off to the side as like we'll see how this goes. We'll see if Oscar Isaac's interested in coming back. We'll see if this is a character people connect with, and maybe if we do, maybe we'll do a season two of this. Maybe we'll include him in a future movie or add him into. Um, a different TV show. Um, Moon Knight's been known to like hang around with Blade, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think the Midnight Suns might be a yeah. like collective Black Knight, Black Knight well. stuff like that. Who are characters that have uh, being or have been introduced already? And so those, we're just re- re- like reeling off B characters that no one knows again, <laughs> besides Blade. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Moon Knight. Moon Knight has no connection to Doctor Strange, so don't worry about that. But interesting enough, like there is an overarching world influence that it has that I that is surprisingly huge in terms of stakes and stuff, in terms of what's going on in the background. I, I don't want to ruin it or mm-hmm. or but like there are like 
when you think about gods and everything. Oh, it's just in another the Marvel universe. I think it's I think it's fair to say there is a um uh maybe not mystical's not the right one, but like we've seen like gods and stuff through Thor. This is yeah. has some similarities to that at times. It well, plays I mean, in a similar Eternal- playground. Eternals, Eternals too. Yeah. Eternals too. It, it yeah. plays in a similar playground to like Eternals and Thor in, in terms of there is a level of cosmic or divine sort of world in there as well. That is its own thing that is not the stuff we've seen before, but is kind of like it. Would play in the same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. That was super it. vague. <laughs> yeah, that's super vague. And that's that's what you... I, I think it's best left... Best scene without really. Where would anything. you rank it among the Disney Plus TV shows so far? WandaVision, uh-huh. Loki, Falcon the Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, I think are the five we've had. Okay, so well, I've rewatched WandaVision and Loki again because before we saw Doctor Strange, because I had the time. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think for me, it would be. I think in order from top to bottom, mm-hmm. it would be. Loki, mm-hmm. WandaVision, mm-hmm. Moon Knight, mm-hmm. Hawkeye, Falcon Winter Soldier. I think, having not quite finished Hawkeye yet, maybe you could flip Hawkeye and Moon Knight, but I, I think I'm with you on that, basically. Yeah. I think there's A tier is WandaVision and Loki, B tier is uh, Hawkeye and Moon Knight, and C tier is Thing Falcon is, Winter right, Soldier. we're talking about Marvel, so none of it is bad. It's all like th- there are some shows that come out that are fucking terrible, and these I don't think any of these are. I w- I would rewatch all of these again. Maybe not Fal- uh, what Falcon and the Winter Soldier, <laughs> but yeah, but I would rewatch Moon Knight again, definitely. Cool. Um, so moving on. Yeah. What else have you been watching? Another another show. Um, I I that came out I think came out last week on Amazon is a show called 10%, uh, which is a British comedy set in a talent agent in like a high class, like a A-lister talent agency in London. Uh, it's got incredible cast, uh, Jack Davenport and um, what is the guy's name? He played Slughorn. Yep, him. Uh, yep. Um, <laughs> this show's Great. a remake, right? This is yes, it is a remake of a French show called Call My Agent. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible cast, very very funny core cast, but then like a show like Extras or um, something like that, where real actors come in to play heightened versions of themselves, who are then who are represented by this agency. It's very very funny. Uh, it's I mean I wouldn't say it's it's like high drama stakes or anything, but it is a very good funny watch if. You love a British comedy, like a uh, yeah. That's what I'm. Uh, Jim Broadbent, who Jim Broadbent, he's never been is. bad in anything I've ever seen him in. He's always never been bad in anything. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I I couldn't not keep watching the show because it does enough in the overarching story between the characters to want you to keep watching, but also keep watching because you're like, oh, who's going to be the next actor who shows up in this? So in the second episode, uh, Helen Bonham Carter. Oh. Isn't it? Um, uh, you recognize all the actors 
What's the main girl from Bridgerton? This is starting to remind me a little bit of... Because I forgot this existed until there was some Johnny Depp stuff getting around recently. Because, of course, there's that stuff getting around. Um, what the long of... No, what was the... Uh, Life is short. Life is short. How there would like be... And like extras and stuff like that. Yeah, there, I, I just be, said extras, yeah. Oh, yeah. so yeah. 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 But that, in that one, they had like a... Didn't they have like a... They would bring actors in to like pitch ideas or pitch ideas to them in... Life is short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar sort of thing going on. Similar, yeah. Um, it's almost. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Mm-hmm. But um, life is short was more about Warwick Davis and totally his, his world. But extras was more like a episodic type thing where yeah. they cross paths with a specific actor. Mm-hmm. So but is the whole this, thing out or the whole thing? The whole first season is out. Yeah, it is. I think it's only eight episodes, like a good British television. <laughs> um, and there'll and be two more, one more season and a Christmas episode. And we'll the thing about on. these characters is that they're not, um, the actors aren't the overly heightened version. It's the agents are the overly heightened. So they're the bubbling buffoons as opposed to in extras with your Ian McKellen's and your Patrick Stewart's and stuff. There were these sure. heightened comedic versions of themselves. Yeah. Whereas they, these are the agents are the ones who are making this, the problems. <laughs> And the uh, actors are like, what's going on? Yeah. So I really, really recommend it. I very much enjoyed it. That's 10%. Um, well, where'd you watch that? Amazon, I believe. Amazon. Weirdly. Um, if you list. can find it. If you can find it. I mean, it's <laughs> UI. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, I can say I've been in that app plenty of times and it has not recommended to me once. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it just came out. And I watch a lot of British television throughout. I think it's on Amazon. I was... Again, I was in the middle of COVID. It may not even be really good. <laughs> it may uh, not be real. It may have been a fever dream. <laughs> if not, someone make this show. Like, Liam, maybe you should make the it. French... Is that what you do? You should I have. I have been learning French. Maybe I watch the French version. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> um, two quick, two quick mentions. Um, I watched a show that's on stand actually. Uh, Minx. Yes, yes. I recommended that last time I was on. Did you watch that? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, a lot of dicks, if you're interested in that. Uh, just a lot of flaccid penis. So it's a, good, like, it's a good like double feature with Halo, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Do you want to see the front and the, the back? The front and back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also Raw. Uh, yes, so the creators I'm, of Netflix. I need to sorry, get to. creators of uh, Glow. Yes. Uh, created this anthology series almost like it's it's like if female uh, black mirror black mirror was solely about women. female characters yeah yeah fem- fem- women women uh yeah really enjoyed it this is on apple some tv episodes, plus yeah is that where it's on apple tv plus yeah. yeah apple tv plus um some of the episodes i enjoyed more than others specifically loved the betty gilpin and alison brie episodes but I mean, what do you do? You expect? think they do? You think they chose the best <laughs> scripts? They're like, here's eight scripts. You each get to choose one. You can flip a coin who goes first, and you can choose whichever ones you want to do. And they just like yeah. choose these are the best ones. These we'll are have the these best ones, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Betty Kilpins is really. It's quite. Uh, it's a lot more artistic than the others. Mm-hmm. It's about being a trophy wife, but literally a trophy wife and like sitting that. on a shelf the whole time. Uh, incredible. And like the is last- Daniel Day tw- Kim the- in that episode? Daniel Day like Kim that? plays, yeah, yeah cool. plays the husband. Um, the last 10 minutes of that episode specifically is really great and gives Betty Gilpin something to really have fun with, which is really interesting. And Alison Bree's episode is, is uh, if you've seen the trailer, you've probably noticed already, but 
basically she's a ghost who's solving her own murder. That's and right. It's, yes. Is these two, these two um, idiot cops um, who are who you know, the the classic gruff like you know gruff uh, smoking one and the, the the smart one and they're they're fighting over it and she's in the background solving the murder. It's really good. It's very uh, funny. Uh, Paul, wasn't that the uh, premise of a movie you reviewed recently on uh, your podcast? Uh, someone uh, yeah, coming back to have a dead person solving their own murder. Yeah, but he was put into the body of a dog to do it. That's true, but oh, ironically, okay. but ironically, <laughs> also f- included a member of community in it, a cast yes, member of community. Chevy, Chevy Chase, is Chevy, Chase. Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase is the dog. <laughs> um, and very last, uh, because I was in isolation and I had nothing else to do but watch television and watch. Uh, streaming services I watched two things That I didn't think I would ever watch One being How I Met Your Father Uh huh I didn't hate it <laughs> I think uh, What a review have you, have you watched it yet Paul? Yes. Yeah, I watched it. It's telling it. He watched it the moment know, it was I out. But, but I asked I asked Mash this as well and she hasn't finished it. Uh, she has, she okay. tried to watch it. She did mention she'd message me and say she was going to watch it. So we'll see how if she does. Yeah. Um Basically, here's what I think about it. I was a big fan of How I Met Your Mother for the most part, the original. Um, and I mean, there's this weird amount of fan service towards the original How I Met Your Mother fans in this show. Yeah. Strangely enough, it didn't need to be. But what I think they've done right is they actually got sort of the heart of mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother right. Um, because How I Met Your Mother, yes, it was over the top and funny, but it did have a certain amount of heart within it. And I think what they've done with How Many Father has, they have, they haven't just gone for that stupid sitcom feeling and they have added, they have got that, that heart and drama, not drama, that heart and the heartfeltness to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to watch a second season of it. I I enjoyed it because it was doing something like that. Yeah. I, 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 as I said last time, I, I didn't laugh much or at all no. but yeah. by the end of the season i was invested in the romance storyline yeah. enough to want to see where it goes i actually like the majority of the characters yeah, um, yeah like, they're a very likable group of people they grow on you and you like you you care about specific relationships and again it could have just been my covid but <laughs> I, so if i had to get covid once a year to watch how about your father maybe i will <laughs> it's very hard for me to trust this a you were delirious and b <laughs> paul thinks the romance in upload is compelling so like i don't know who to fucking believe <laughs> look i maybe i should have tried to watch upload <laughs> maybe that was the way to do it maybe have you got long covid paul is that <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> sorry. Uh, and lastly, I love this show is really just a dumping ground on Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly, lastly, um, is I rewatched the first two and for the first time the third Pitch Perfect films. Oh, okay. Um, and I always actually quite enjoyed the first one. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a big fan of the second one. Third one was. Have you watched them all, Paul? I have, yes. Yeah, I thought you would have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, out of the two of you, Paul is the one who's going to watch the Pitch Perfect films. <laughs> I, I think that Pitch Perfect has the ability to become... Keep drinking, bro. I want you to have that in your mouth when I say this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> no, for the spit take, the, I, I think Pitch Perfect has the ability to become the Fast and the Furious 
in its own right. I've, like the way that Fast and Furious became so aware of what it is and started taking things to the over top, over the top level. Mm. The third film is very over the top and like there's like <laughs> explosions and and it's it's that yeah. what started as a scene thing about acapella at a, at a at a college has sort of became this whole family coming together at the right time to work together to do something. Yeah. Like, I think if they kept making films, as long as they kept that in mind, I think they could be become beloved in the same way that Fast and the Furious has become this over the top that knows what it is. It just keeps pushing it further and further and further until they're, you know, singing in space to aliens or something. Like I can imagine Pitch Perfect <laughs> getting to that point. And I... Yeah. And as, <laughs> yeah, they're not great movies, but I really enjoyed them and they made me feel happy <laughs> while I watched them and I teared up in the third one. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Definitely um, the COVID, but... <laughs> I can yeah. tell you don't listen to my podcast, Liam, because if you did, you would know they're making a Pitch Perfect TV show. They're making a Pitch Perfect TV show with the same cast? Uh, I don't think it's confirmed how many of the original cast are returning. I think there's considered that some of them are probably going to be cameos. There was one of the characters, one of the male characters, I think, is definitely returning. I can't remember what they're called, though. I've never seen Pitch Perfect, so I couldn't tell you, but yeah. Um, Um, I think Adam Devine is going to be. Adam Devine, that's who it is. Playing Bumper. But yeah, yeah, I um, I doubt... Hayley Steinfeld is in the the second two, and she's great in it. Yeah, and I doubt she'd come back. Oh, though she's in everything. She'll literally yeah, she's in everything. She's in like she's four TV shows at the same time, so maybe <laughs> yeah. she will. Um, um, I yeah. I have to say, like, I really enjoyed the first, and I thought there was a, a huge drop in quality in two and three. Um, yeah, I just I, like I agree. just like the Fast and the Furious. But Fast and Furious did the same thing. Well, yeah. no, I would <laughs> the fast, say but then, but that the Fast and the Furious got a lot better, and then then went down. No, I think it went no, down. Wasn't it the first one was good, the second again. one was shit, and then like and Tokyo, Tokyo Drift, Drift came out. It was terrible. No, yeah. so, Tokyo got, Drift is actually the best better. Fast and the Furious movie. Is the okay, thing? Okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this, Tokyo this is not Drift, the podcast for this conversation. <laughs> Tokyo Drift, I saw in the cinemas four times. I fucking love that movie, and I will defend it to my dying breath. All right. Oh, well, we're already at an hour and a half here, so I'm not going to uh, do too much, I don't think, here. I'm going to mention a couple of things. First of all, a game we've been playing, as everyone got addicted to um, Wordle over the sort of the course of the year so far, there have been a number of like spin offs and competitors of that. Um, and one that we've been playing that we'd like to bring to people's attention is a little game called Framed.WTF. That's the URL as well, Framed.WTF. Uh, where we- are the. Eight minutes we, away, we can do it yeah, live. Like if we time this right, we can play it. <laughs> no, live. we can't because Paul is half an hour behind us. Oh, damn. That's the shape. Um, so, yeah, we've been playing this. Basically, the idea, if, if you know Wordle, Wordle, you get it's a, it's a mastermind style, figure out the word, the word in six guesses sort of game. This one works. It's a movie. They show you six individual frames from the film. You get one at a time. The first frame, you get... it's. More often than not, extremely obscure. You get a chance to guess what the movie is. If it's wrong, you get the second frame and so on and so forth. And generally, as you go through them, the frame the frames that are selected become more obvious what the film is. So it's a, a question of how quickly can you guess what the movie is. How have you guys found playing framed.wtf? Well, I mean, we play it. We can't stop playing it. We can't <laughs> yeah. stop playing it. it yeah. But 
but we all we you know we it's clearly made by a white dude uh, a straight white male. Straight white it's, it's male. It's the straightest, whitest, malest uh, game I've ever played in my I'm life. Pretty sure I went to yeah. film school with the guy. Like it could. Yeah. Like I think everybody who went to film school made this in, in some way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm surprised at this point, or maybe we just missed it because we were already like ten week, ten games in. The Reservoir Dogs has not shown up yet. Do yeah, you know it's probably mean? the first. One. Pulp Fiction must have been Pulp in Fiction there at some was stage. Definitely yeah. Number one. Yeah, it was like the first one or something like that. Yeah, I'm um, waiting for some gay shit. Like, show me. Like, I want the legally blonde. I want bring it on. Like, show me yeah. something like that. Because we've you talked say about that this. because, like, yeah, we've there had were two Mountain. gay <laughs> films, and as Paul said, as the only gay man in our little trio, they're the two straightest gay films that could have been. <laughs> <laughs> what were they? It was t- Call Me uh, by Your Name and Brokeback yeah, Mountain. Brokeback. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like I better do something about guys. <laughs> it's like life. I received criticism, but wait, guys, I included Broke Bat Mountain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must not be a bigot. Um, so that's frame.wtf. It's I'll tell you what my biggest criticism actually is. I wish the 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 frames themselves, the images, were a higher quality. I wish they were higher. Wish you could zoom in on them. Well, you can. I'm doing it on my screen. You can. I'm doing it on my phone. Have you tried doing it on a computer? No, but I can screw. I can um like pinch and zoom that way. But sure. I I just wish they were high quality. They're they're very low low quality, and that's you know the guys probably doesn't have a lot of service space. Whoever's doing it, and we know it's a guy. Um, it <laughs> probably doesn't have a lot of service space. So I understand why to keep that low, but it would be nice if they were a bit high quality, just to make it a little bit easier to go. What is that grey blur over there? Um, Look, it's it's in the end. It's a glorified app that you would pay zero dollars for on your phone. Oh, it's, it's free. One of those, like it's free. It's completely so it's free. Like, it's not I like should it's give the guy pa- coffee. Actually, yeah, it's not going to get bought out by New York Times anytime soon. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, the other game we've been playing is Box Office Game, which is the URL boxofficega.me. Box Office Game, which is a much more complex Wordle style one where it gives you. Basically, the top five grossing films of any week at the box office in the US. Um, it'll give you a year, uh, month, and day date of when this uh, box office uh, takings would be. And you have to guess and figure out what those five movie titles are based on... You sort of lose points based on the clues you choose to have. Things like tagline, director, the top three actors, etc. This Honestly, is a, this has become more of a guess the movie by the tagline game for me. It's a big yeah. part of it. It's like the best clue. They should actually um, up the penalty, like how many points it takes to get choose the tagline, because the tagline is often the easiest thing to guess yeah. off, I think. Um, or you can go minus 180 points and just get the full synopsis, basically, of the... Uh, <laughs> Or, or like the um, the elevator pitch for the movie that way, um, but I've really enjoyed this game. It's fucking hard sometimes, but when you can guess yeah. all five movies, it's really good. And I realize I've got. I'll tell you what my uh, big uh, holes in my movie knowledge is: rom coms. Ro- <laughs> yeah. There's a rom com in there. I am fucked. Rom coms <laughs> or or like uh, ninety early nineties. Like thrillers, top thrillers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like submarine films, of which there's been <laughs> twice <a> recently. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I didn't know either of them. But also, like, Paul knows them all, though. I, I, I know them all. But the one that really stumped me, which I totally forgot existed, was Vin Diesel's The Last Witch Hunter. Like, yeah. I cannot believe that I that film existed. 
There have like, been some movies I where it's like, how is that the top grossing film of the year of that of that week? It's like, how is that movie that doing that? Yeah. I think I figured out there was going to be Witch with something in the title, and I just wrote Witch into the search bar and was like, went through a bunch of different Witch titles. I was like, maybe it's the last Witch Hunter. That sounds about right. Until I got one that stuck. Basically, yeah. that's uh, that, that's that's a really fun game as well. Box Office GA It's much more challenging than Framed is generally. Um, uh, shows I've been watching. Again, while I was hanging out with Damascus in WA, <laughs> did you go outside in WA? Like, <laughs> I you know, told you, really good I weather was over there. Well, I was unwell for the first couple of days. Uh, first couple of days, and uh, and this would also we'd flick the TV on when we'd been out and had a few drinks and just something to sort of chill out to. And there was this show that appeared on Netflix called Old Enough. Have you guys checked out Old Enough on Netflix? I've seen the first episode. The first episode yeah. uh, is a Japanese television show. Oh, yes, that yes. started <laughs> in like the it's like late two thousand seven. Yeah, it's like it? started like yeah. two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, essentially, what they are are these very short ten to fifteen minute episodes of parents sending their two to four year old children to do errands. It is adorable. <laughs> first episode, I I couldn't get past the first episode. You couldn't get past it. What do you mean? I watched the first episode. I loved it. But as soon as the second episode started, I'm like, I don't want to watch this again. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't watch another thing of that. You could, why? What do you mean? You just I don't know. I loved, I loved it. But it's like, I mean, what could be different between- Lots. <laughs> Lots. Lots okay. of things. The, the style of errand, their reaction to going, the mishaps along the way, <laughs> all sorts of things. The second episode is very different from the first. The second kid- Spoilers for uh, <laughs> old enough. The second kid... The first kid was so smart. The first kid was amazing. He's like a three-year-old who was told to walk across a busy intersection to go to the supermarket and buy curry and... Flowers. Um, flowers and something else. And sausages or something. Yeah, yeah. something like that. And he... Um, Nails <laughs> for, it. He, well, he forgets at one point, has to go back. He's dragging the flowers. You wonder if we get home. It's high-stake stuff. The second episode, the kid's just been asked to go home and make a juice and he fucks around the entire time. Mum calls, where are you? Where's the juice? He's like, oh, I'm making it. He's not making it. He's doing anything but making it. I've watched... Not okay, all, it's, okay, like, watch it. it's, not, it's like 20 episodes. I'm going for about 10 minutes each. It's just a little bit of joy. Um... I haven't watched Have all watched of them all yet. The- <laughs> no, all of them yet. I kind of just like will put one or two on every now and again when I feel like it. It's uh, it's right now. It's the major reason I still have Netflix. <laughs> it, it did um, like it does give you that feeling of being in Jap- in Japan and watching that TV because it has that 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 format that they use with yeah. like. like Things popping up on the screens and the very specific voiceovers and sound Absolutely. effects that, that you, is used so much. And the audience, there's like an audience that's like will react like oh and like yeah. excited <laughs> about certain things happening and stuff like I really that. Really enjoy uh-huh. like the wide shots where you see them walk up the street and then it's like this. 40-year-old man with a camera walking in front yeah. of him. The, the, the <laughs> cameraman who's pretending to not be there actually becomes a feature in many episodes. Like the kids <laughs> who are like start talking to them and they're going to like try and like not be suspicious and <laughs> stuff like that. It's Or when kids decide to start sprinting and you've got these guys with these huge cameras sprinting along behind them. Um, the It's a big feature. Actually, the more I talk about it, the more I like the show. Um, yeah, no, it's just a little bit of fun. And the other thing that's amazing about it too is you look at some of these scenarios and go, you could never do this in Australia. Like, you could never trust your three-year-old to walk through fucking Tokyo on their own and actually get home safely. Like, you just could not make it here. Um, 
It's a good show. It's a very good show. Uh, I've also started watching Taskmaster Series 13. I've talked mm-hmm. about Taskmaster a heck of a lot. It's my favourite British game show. Um, five comedians come on every season and compete a bunch of ridiculous tasks to earn points to win the series. Um, season 13 has had three episodes out so far and so far having a great time with it. Liam reckons the latest episode was the best the show's ever been. No, Once I said again, one of the best. Well. I think if I check my text messages, I think you said it was the best episode ever. You did have COVID delirium, and we know that may have affected your judgment slightly. Um, but our- sorry, I was just doing frames. What did you say? <laughs> I was going to ask you, how do you feel about the cast of this season, Liam? Um, I think they're all great. I know of one of them. Really, only know of one of them. Who? Um, all sorry, two of them. Uh, Judy Love. Mm-hmm. What do I you know Judy Love from? Just from, like, would Existing. I lie to you? And, and like, yeah. <clears throat> from, she is, she is great. Other, she is extremely funny. Other British panel shows. Yep. Um, and also, what is his name? Uh, Ardell Had- O'Hanlon. Ardell, uh, yeah, Ardell, who I only know from, like, early 2000s British sitcoms that mum and dad used to watch. Um, specifically probably superhero. Uh, My Hero, yeah. My Hero, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's all I remember him from. And I saw him I'm like, oh, wow, that's you. Yeah. Um, and he, I don't think he's done anything since, but uh, that I know <laughs> of, that I'm aware of. I'm sure he's done plenty, just you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of the, the cast, Bridget, uh, they're uh, all great. Bridget Christie, Chris Ramsey, and Sophie Duca or Ducker. Yeah, they're, all, the they're all hilarious in their own right. They're all very funny. Um, I think I already know who's going to win, but you can always tell that pretty early on. Sometimes. I think sometimes they deliberately like give people early starts and let people try and catch up and like create yeah. tension. Also, the because the points are kind of arbitrarily doled out, they can't really predict exactly how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, so they might have Especially an idea. Especially because... That last last task at the end of every episode is very oh. much based on who is going to win it in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to you can't yet yeah, say who's going to win that straight away. Um, um, yeah, I don't think it's my favorite series yet. It's got plenty of time to get there. I still think series ten um, is the best series so far. But that the series that three series ago, the Daisy uh, May Cooper Daisy yeah. May Cooper season. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I think what as the show has gone on. Further, they've gotten better and better at like, I don't know, coming up with the best combination of like contestants. Sure. I think there's there's a few in the middle there where they they got too many like wild cards, and I sure. they were all trying to overplay it. Whereas now they've got a good combination of personalities and people who actually want to compete and have a competitive yeah. like edge to them, and that always makes the show better. Um, so, Taskmaster Series 13, uh, you want a bit of weekly joy? I highly recommend checking that out. I also started watching Barry Season 3. This is the Bill Hader HBO series. Have you guys watched any of Barry? I, during my COVID delirium stent, I started watching the first season, yeah. How how you you started watching? So you haven't finished it. How are you finding it? Uh, Paul, have you watched um, it, Barry? I started watching it ages ago, and I ne- there's a couple of shows I wanted to finish first, and now that I have, I'm going to start rewatching season one and catch up because 
I'm only hearing amazing things about the new season. That's the problem, is I've only heard amazing yeah, things about the, the show. Yeah, pressure, the pressure is There's high. a lot of pressure on it to be really good. I have enjoyed it, but I don't think it's... It, to me, it's it hasn't felt like... Keep going. Keep going. <sighs> okay. Uh, Barry season one and two are phenomenally good. <laughs> oh, you sound so sad now. <laughs> phenomenally good seasons <laughs> oh, of television. Barry season one and two. <laughs> they think, are so I good. I think they're great. <laughs> no, they are, they are excellent. And um, season three, having only watched the first episode, the main barrier of entry was remembering what happened in the previous two seasons. It like it just it just goes, and I was just like, I feel like I've completely forgotten where these characters were when I finished the last season. So I ended up going to have to co- have watch a couple of recaps, which did help. Um, but by the end of the first episode, I was like, cool. I have a feeling and a sense of where they're going to go with the rest of the season. I think it's going to be make for a really, really, really good season of television. And I, I have so much trust in this show after the first two seasons. I've got no... Because it's, it's that thing where often a great season one, um, it's really hard to back it up with a season two. And if a show can be equally good in season two, you pretty much have my trust forever. Like... Yep, yeah. season three is coming out, season four, whatever it is, it's like, I'll be there because I know you can back this up. You have once before. Um, and so far, so good with Barry season three. We'll almost definitely review it on the podcast proper. Um, very quickly, because I don't want to spoil this for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, I went to the cinemas also while I was hanging out with Damask, and we went and saw everything, everywhere, all at once. This is the latest film by... Uh, directing duo The Daniels, starring Michelle Yeoh. Um, if you're on the internet, uh, on film, Twitter, anything like that, in any capacity, you've probably already heard amazing things about this. It is all true. Everyone should go see this movie. However, I will say this. It's two hours and 20 minutes long. It's not a short film. It is a lot of fucking movie. And by that, I mean, I think there is a risk if you went in tired or not ready for the amount of stimulation you were going to get, you could have a bad time. So I would highly recommend that you go in with some caffeine and just be prepared for what the next two hours and 20 minutes could be. It's yeah. If you went in in the wrong mindset or tired at the end of a busy day or something like that, there is, I think there is a real risk. You could just get a little bit like, what the fuck is this? Um, And maybe just be a bit overwhelmed by it but I fucking adored it. And I've been keen to see it again and we were meant to and then Liam got COVID. Um, so hopefully this weekend I might get a chance to see it a second time because I think on a rewatch it could be even better than the first time. Very yeah, I, re- I really loved it as well. I oh, you have seen it, Paul. Sorry, yeah, I thought you were going to say it. Yeah, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I agree with everything you say. All the hype is justified. Michelle Yao, it especially like finally a film that showcases her in every facet <laughs> every part of her skill set is used in this film um so uh, yeah, i i can't recommend it enough though i have to say i went and watched it with uh brendan my co-host for my podcast and his wife and Brendan and I loved it, and his wife fucking hated it. Totally, I this this is one of those films too that this might be. It's going, like film lovers, I think, are almost definitely going to love it if they go with the right mindset. I don't think it's going to work for everybody. I think that's it's a very particular. I mean, the best example is probably the question you should ask is if you've seen it um, or if you get a chance to see it, watch 
Swiss Swiss Army Man, which was, was the- say, yeah. What did you think of Swiss Army Man? I I liked it a lot, and the things about Swiss Army Man that made it great that it was extremely heartfelt, and it was also had this ridiculous scent start comedy style premise, mm-hmm. and its comedy was kind of really out there. Those things are completely true of everything everywhere all at once. But cool. I, it both made me very emotional and it also made me laugh out loud at at things I didn't necessarily expect. It it will just Yeah, it just continues to surprise you. It's 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 very good. Very good. Are very, you gonna review it on Swapcast? Because it would be it could be considered as a body swap film, yeah, right? Yeah, so we actually did think that um I haven't so seen it, is, it yet, so I don't really yeah. know but like from what yeah. I can tell. It would technically fall under that banner, so yeah, I suppose it is. Actually, now I think about it, we've we've Kinda. done things that have been more tenuous than that. So, like, <laughs> if we can oh. do Mama Boy and Pretty Cool, we can do that. It, 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 I mean, if this is the case, I'm demanding to be on that episode of the podcast. Okay, definitely, excellent. You'll be booked in. Yes, you're welcome, world. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, also, actually, just interesting, in terms of when that came out, the last time I was on your podcast, Paul, was because we were reviewing um, Turning Red. They have mm-hmm. a lot in common, those two films. There is mm-hmm. a lot of, like, thematic um, sort of crossover there. Um, How many yeah. boy bands are in Everything Everywhere All at Once? Several. Six? Six? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you'd be telling the truth or not. <laughs> it's I the love kind it. of film where it could possibly Yeah, that's be. the thing, right? It doesn't uh, matter, but either way, I'm really glad Paul and I synced up on that. That was great. <laughs> um, are we going to talk about Severance? Who sure. We've all watched Severance. Yes. Yeah. There's a chance that we will review it proper. Maybe we should just do a quick spoiler-free sort of feelings on Severance and then maybe just dip into the spoiler room to discuss the finale. Severance is a sci-fi television show on Apple TV+. Um, Spoilers for if we do review it, it's one of the best seasons of television I've watched in quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, It is what Maniac wanted to be. Yes, which is a great touchstone for us because we reviewed Maniac on the on Hunting Seasons and we went in with high expectations. We liked the premise a lot. We liked the core cast. There were lots of things about Maniac that we liked, but it did sort of never reach its potential at the end, I think. It, it, it had a pretty interesting canvas to work with and didn't quite do enough with it. And Severance follows through on the potential of its premise so well and for those who don't know um a it's directed by ben stiller which is worth noting you might be surprised if you think of ben stiller for his like comedy stuff that he can do stuff like this because while it is funny it's not his normal sort of goofy comedy stuff um but it the the central premise the sci-fi premise is that there is a procedure that you can get where you can have your consciousness or your personality severed into two different versions. The versions of you that exists outside of work and the version of you that exists inside work. Basically, the idea is the outside version of you drives you to work, gets in an elevator, and the next thing they know, they're walking out at the end of the day. Inside work, the work version of you goes to leave the office and goes into the elevator and that when they wake up, they're in the elevator walking into work the next day. 
that sounds interesting enough. The trailer fucking sold me on this. It's a very interesting um, visual style. Um, uh, Adam Scott is the lead in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, John Turturro. Um, Christopher Walken. Um, fantastic. Patricia Arquette. Uh, Patricia Arquette. Arquette. Thank you. Stacked cast. Fantastic Stacked performances. Cast. Yeah. Um, just it, from ex- the get go. Yeah. Ask the questions that you would ask that you're thinking, just thinking about that premise and just continues to go and talk about it. Them. It does the great thing I love about sci-fi shows where it, if every question it asks, it also gives you an answer. Like yep. it, it, it keeps giving you stuff along the way while also building on new mysteries and new mysteries and new mysteries, but at the same time also building on its, like the narrative momentum. It's not just about what's the answer to this. It's like our character's, want things and they are working towards those things um also from a visual and like production design perspective is anyone here played control um no no uh, it's uh it's not the same necessarily but it has a similar sort of sense of like i don't know what you call it retro corporate i guess to some degree where mm-hmm. it's that very sleek corporate um office space with like the the almost black and white or green and black monitors. Like Portal, in a way. Portal, yeah. It's got a bit of aperture science about it. So if you're into yeah. that sort of visual style, which I really do, do like myself, um, yeah, it leans into that, which is pretty cool as well. Do you guys have any thoughts on Severance before we get to, to the spoiler talk? Yeah, it's just a very confident show that mm-hmm. it, it, you can tell everything in this show has been thought out and like it, it's just so perfectly paced and written and uh the show that i thought of a lot is like the early seasons of lost when Mm, um yes so character based but mystery based Mm -hmm. but doing it 10 times better i think so too i think it's what it does that lost never did was give it lost the character work is the bit that really you should focus on if you ever rewatch Lost because mm-hmm. it just builds on its mysteries. It builds on its mysteries and it doesn't give you a lot of answers along the way. Every mm-hmm. single person involved in this show is committed to the concept of this show. Like from the creators, production design, everything, but also the actors mm-hmm. are so 100% in on what they're doing that it just sells the whole thing perfectly, I think. And so everybody everybody gets what they're trying to make and everyone's on board. I love it. And um, the season finale is like I literally television. on the end edge of my seat the whole time. Yeah. Um, also, before we get to our spoiler room talk very quickly, Liam and I also saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness last night. We're not going to say any spoilers um, because Paul hasn't seen it yet and most people in the world haven't seen it yet at the time of recording. Uh, Liam, what were your general thoughts? It was not what I was expecting, but in a great way. Mm. I, I, if you like Sam Raimi's back catalogue mm-hmm. and you're a fan of Marvel, you will enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's it knows what it wants to do from the get-go and it delivers on that. It, I, it's funny, I agree with you. It's both what I expected and also not what I expected in equal measures to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's its greatest 
um, attributes are they let Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi. They got exactly. him for a reason. They didn't get him just to f- to do Marvel's thing. They let Sam Raimi do Sam Raimi's thing inside a recognizably Marvel film. Which is, which is, which very is interesting, cool. right? Because they have been known in the past to not do that, like to hire directors and, and then, not let them do, which, and then try and, yeah. Well, it makes me them. think of like what happened to Edgar Wright. Exactly. And like, and Edgar Wright, I think it's fair to say is kind of a perfectionist and maybe any pushback was always going to be too much pushback for Edgar Wright. Maybe Sam Raimi, who's done a bit more in the studio system because he's done Spider-Man, Spider-Man. and stuff like that, maybe <laughs> yeah. had a little bit more tolerance for it. Um, but whether he just managed to sort of find his voice inside the studio group or whether Marvel deliberately said, we want you to, to, to do this as Sam Raimi, um, it works. Um, it's so I haven't, I haven't seen the film, obviously, but... I guess my question, biggest question when I heard about what it was about mm-hmm. is when Loki came out, it was, we made a, such a big deal about the fact that Loki was essentially introducing the multiverse into sure. the Marvel universe. So how much of a payoff is Loki to Doctor Strange? Like if you haven't watched Loki, is it going to detract from your experience of watching Doctor Strange, or is it really like, did they really make it I don't think for the fans of Loki? I don't think it's got. I don't think Loki comes into this equation. It's got more to do with WandaVision. WandaVision is the thing you need and to watch beforehand. Endgame. Yes, actually, honestly, see Doctor and Strange, Spider Man, Endgame, and and, no and Spider Man No Way Home because Doctor Strange is in that, and WandaVision are the things you need to have seen. Realistically, Honestly, oh, Infinity, watching- Infinity War, Endgame, um, other mate, yeah, Infinity War, Endgame. I suppose you need to go back to Civil War to some degree. Anyway, Infinity and War, Doctor Strange, Infinity War, Endgame, Doctor Strange. And WandaVision are really the things you need to have seen. So, does it Honestly, invalidate anything that's happened in in Loki? Does it invalidate? Then? Does it invalidate anything? No, no, no. Loki, like Loki, yeah, I think is I remember- a good companion to it because it does introduce this concept of the multiverse mm-hmm. and also direct things that happen at the end of Loki allow every movie that came after that and shows came after it that explore any of the multiverse to happen, mm-hmm. but it doesn't directly go, Loki, blah, 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 here I am. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not It's not like a, oh, we're thinking about Loki and, and all that. It's a Loki's show pave the way for the for the following films to to happen. I would say if there is a criticism most of the time when you watch a Marvel movie even if you haven't seen the stuff that comes before it you can probably be invested in what's happening. Yeah. I think I think particularly WandaVision yeah. is absolutely crucial. Critical. Yeah. I I think if you haven't seen WandaVision you might have a you might have a hard time with this movie to some degree. I agree completely. Um, which works for me, particularly someone who fucking adores WandaVision, mm-hmm. to yeah. have it be so such a uh, direct continuation of that. I'm so series. happy I watched all of WandaVision again before I saw this film. Yeah, that's it's. I think it's worth saying that you should you should absolutely see WandaVision before seeing this. Which, funnily enough, WandaVision was one of those shows that was actually sort of. Um, finding audiences that Marvel stuff hadn't found before. People who I'd never been interested in Marvel watched WandaVision. So I wonder whether this movie might 
find a bit more of an audience that way as well. Yeah. Um, the other strength I think is, um, is it's just got a lot of creative ideas in it. Stuff that I honestly never thought they could do in a Marvel movie. It's a weird thing to say. It sounds so, uh, you got to be so vague, but it's just, it's got a lot of surprises, I think, along mm-hmm. the way. Um, and I think people might think that I mean like cameos and stuff like that. I, that's actually not what I mean. I mean like creative ideas mm-hmm. um, that are in this film that made me go, cool, that's a really cool idea that actually, do you know what that does? It reminds me that having watched Doctor Strange recently, the first film, is full of creative and original ideas I'd never seen done on film before or never been done in the original Marvel in a Marvel movie before. This continues to try and do fun stuff that can't be done in the Captain America movie, that can't be done in a Iron Man movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like playing with the world of magic and mystic stuff. It's having a very, very good time with it in this film. Also, God, have I ruined the movie for you yet, Paul? Have I stuffed this Elizabeth yet? Elizabeth Olsen <laughs> is just the best. Elizabeth Olsen's great. No, I'm hyped. I, I'm watching it in two days and I'm very much looking forward to it. Cool. I'll Stay be off social media. Very interested to see what you think of it. I also think this is not going to be a film that everyone's going to like. Yeah, absolutely. Very quickly, before we get to the spoiler room, thank you guys both for coming on short notice. I really, really appreciate that. Paul, tell everybody what you're doing, um, where people can find you, what's coming up next for the Swapcast podcast. So on our last episode of the Swapcast, we did a Bruce Willis film called Surrogates, um, which mm. had actually a lot of interesting ideas but is kind of marred by early 2000s bullshit. So um, it was an interesting review. Um, I also did a guest spot on another podcast called uh, Bad Gay Movies, which is a Canadian podcast Hmm. that reviews exclusively bad gay movies. Um, So we found a bad gay body swap movie, and uh, we reviewed it on their show called um, My Brother's Shoes which was fucking horrendous about <laughs> a, a gay guy that swaps bodies with his straight brother and then the straight brother has to enter a drag competition. It's it's truly awful. Um, but awful. we had a lot of fun talking about it. So, uh, yeah, find me on Bad Gay Movies as well. Um, hopefully, if everything goes to plan, our next episode of the Swapcast will be interviewing... Uh, the main actor from uh, the movie 18 again, Charlie mm. Schlatter, who um, has had a very interesting career. Besides being a body swap movie, he was Ferris Bueller in the Ferris Bueller TV show. He voices The Flash on all the DC um, animated shows. Cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, hopefully that all comes to pass and uh, that should be our next one. Awesome. Very exciting. Very cool. Liam, what about you? Um, I, I have had COVID. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you haven't been paying attention, we've had COVID. Um, so I have, I, I'm a Twitch streamer. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Liam draws underscore. I do a lot of art, play video games, just hang out and just with cool people. Um, also have a podcast called shit dates podcast, which we had ended, <laughs> but Dating is still a thing, and <laughs> bad dates are still a thing. Um, so we it's are back with a vengeance. That, I hear dating. It is <laughs> dating is back with a vengeance. There will be blood, um, <laughs> and that is a bad uh, date. <laughs> that, that, 
not the worst. Um, <laughs> different bodily functions. Anyway. Um, anyway, Shit Dates will be coming back in the near future with more special guests. But I'm just going to leave it there. You should w- listen to the first 40 episodes anyway. Uh, that is Shit Dates Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Shit Dates Podcast if you want to go there. And I have other things, other projects in the works, but I'm sure I'll come and talk about those at another time. Awesome. Uh, if you want to, yes, please stick around. We're going to have a quick uh, spoiler room discussion about Severance Season 1. For those who are leaving us here, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Absolutely. You're now entering the spoiler zone. So, Severance. <laughs> Severance finale. Uh, Paul, you just watched it today, didn't you? Yes. Um, what, it, it tell was, me all about it. It's intense. Like, uh, it reveals so much, uh, but then leaves you hanging at such a crucial moment. Um, I just, like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it is a cliffhanger in the true sense of what a cliffhanger is. I um, I think what impressed me the most about about it was I two things I didn't think were going to happen happened. Right, they were building up to a lot of things happening, and one you want to know whether Helly is going to actually get on stage and be able to yeah. say, "Hey, I'm a I'm an innie and this is all fucked up." And I was like, "She's not going to get there," and then she did, and was like. Oh shit! Okay, that's going to have huge consequences. And then two, it was like Mark's not going to get not going to get a chance to say that to his sister that his wife's alive or that his wife's alive. Oh yeah, right. and then she's alive. The, right before you know he's about to be switched back to normal Mark, he just screaming, "She's alive!" And then cut to black, and you're like, "Fuck!" Like. Because because it's also not perfectly clear that you know he definitely communicated what he was trying to communicate, mm-hmm. um, but the sister it might is still well be quite enough. Distressed about the baby at that point. Totally, so. yeah, totally. Um, and she's alive is a very vague, very vague. Thing. And Mark, like Audi, Mark is not going to remember what was said. He's not going to have any context to go along with that. The sister maybe can put those clues together, but that might take multiple episodes or a whole season to figure out what she was talking, what he was talking about. Um, I think it was just the perfect amount of vagueness that it could. Maybe she immediately knows that she's talking about that he's talking about the wife, or maybe she doesn't. And that's a wonderful little uh, Schrodinger's cat sort of like mm. ending to it. It's just that. Yeah, the, the build-up of tension in that episode is expert from start One to One thing I was thinking is that the actress that plays uh, his wife... Yes. ...has amassed Australian. this... Yeah, but she's amassed this uh, resume of characters <laughs> where they're like... Their consciousness are uh, split. Oh, right. or, she, was, he was, she was in she Dollhouse. She was in Dollhouse and then in yeah. Altered yeah. Carbon... As yes. well, she played wow. another character, very similar themes again, and then she's done it a third time again. She's absolutely, that must cast. fuck with you. That must fuck with you as an actor. As well. <laughs> like, I'm glad she's just got in more stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Laurie or whatever. She's such a great yeah. actress, and she's uh, yeah, just beautiful also. And just yeah, yeah doesn't seem to be enough stuff. I remember in Dollhouse, it was like her and um, one of the male dolls. 
were like by far the best actors in that show, and they kept putting oh, Elijah yeah, Dushku. He was in, the guy that would play that was um, I know who from, you're talking about. Yeah, from he played the Russian, the Russian dude. Yeah, he was in an episode of Community. He was in and, Community. Yeah, he. He was also in Avengers. He was a cop in one of the Avengers. You're movies. right. He was probably one of the Joss Whedon ones, actually. Yeah. Um. Definitely yeah, and it's like, and they these two are like excellent at like playing completely different personalities and going back to these like blank slates. And then Elijah Dushku's there as the main character. And you're like, what the fuck is this show based around her? She can't do this role. <laughs> yeah, she's no one. Cool. Any other thoughts? Spoilery stuff you want to talk about with Severance at this stage? The stuff happening with um. Irving, whatever his name is as well. and Irving, Bert. Bert and Irving. Bert and Irving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I never put that together. That's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, oh, can, it's not the last episode. What's the other guy's name who's in the, the guy who does do a flip to Spider-Man? Um, <laughs> can you remember, Paul? Because you watched this more recently than we did. I forget all the names. <laughs> yeah, the fourth guy in the, the fourth yeah. guy in the, in the, uh, macro data refiners. Dylan? Yes. Dylan. 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 Yeah. His stuff when he wakes up in his cupboard and so cool. His the kid runs in and then he has to and he's like that's that's perfect because that character yeah was an a, a the most cynical the most, the most cynical stuck yeah. in there the, the the hardest to move from his like he had was set in his sort of where he was he was happy being the best at his job everybody else was. You know, lesser than him. He wasn't interested in what his Audi was doing. He was convinced his Audi was just doing all these amazing things. Um, he sort of lived in this fantasy. And then to just like that perfect way of switching him to a similar position as everyone else. It's wonderful story. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I wanted him to just kick what's his name as he was running at him <laughs> when he's holding the switches. Just as he runs at him, just put a foot out and just kick him over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, and uh, how good's the score as well? That, no, that especially song, the the theme song. The theme song is stuck in how my good head is, continuously. How good is that? I, I really love the opening credits. Yeah, uh, yeah. Too. It's, mm. they're so yeah, it's so just a little bit off, and it's perfect. Yeah, for what it needs to be that ragdoll system stuff. Ugh, love it. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.